Welcome to All You Need to Know, the show where you hear about everything and learn about nothing. Here are your hosts, Quinn Eaton and DJ Pig. Just one time I would like them to say DJ Pig and Quinn Eaton. Well, it's a pre-recorded thing, so that's probably not going to happen. Uh, and you're t- they, you're referring to Keith Bell, uh, yeah. the legend uh, that does the intro for our podcast. But uh, why don't I go ahead and let you say your name first? Okay. Would that make up for yeah. it? Okay, yeah. so you go ahead. I'm DJ Pig. My name is Quinn Eaton. You guys, take it easy. Well, that is the end of... That's usually how we end the podcast. Ah. But we're doing the intro here, so this is where you need to say, and then, and welcome to All You Need to Know. So yeah. let's try that again, all right. okay? I'm and DJ Pig. I'm Quinn Eaton. And welcome to All You Need to Know. There you go. All and right. that's the podcast that you're listening to right now. That's what you're tuning in uh, to and, and listening to. Yeah. Uh, if you happen to stumble upon it by accident, maybe, maybe stick with us, because we've got a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Now, this is... A very intricate topic. This is one that is hard to cover because the the information mm-hmm. and the data that Ooh. we have to, that we have to filter through so vast, a lot to get through. So we are going to probably. I know a lot of people are going to be excited about this, but yeah. we're going to do the short version of our introduction. Now, usually this little period that we're doing right now, which falls in between uh, the opening, uh, I guess you could say, tune mm-hmm. uh, and introduction. And the topic transition, this, this is what we're in right now called the introduction, usually lasts around five minutes. Mm-hmm. And people are going to be excited to hear that instead of, you know, blabbering and going all the way through, uh, you know, a bunch of nonsense, we're just going to get right to it. And before we do that, I do have to ask, because uh, as we're sitting here in the studio, which is absolutely, we, we had some work done, mm-hmm. it looks really good, doesn't it? Mm. Yes. And uh, the air conditioner is working and the heating is also working. Yes. Uh, it's something that we've had a problem with here in the studio. Uh, but I did just notice that you're wearing a pullover, a quarter zip. Yeah. And just a second ago, I don't even know if the if the listeners could hear it, but you zipped it up all the way. I did. And so I was like, okay, maybe he's chilly. Uh, but then immediately, maybe 20 seconds later, you zipped it all the way back down. So I yeah. was just wondering your thought process behind that decision. A zipper is the grown man's fidget spinner. Okay. So that's just you were just fidgeting. No, yeah, nothing, it's nothing just to it. a you know just a no comfort. It wasn't a comfort issue. It wasn't no. something that you wanted to make a gag out of. You were just fidgeting. So, I was just okay, and that's playing fine. with it. And here's the thing: there's Sometimes nothing you got to play with it. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly what I was about to say. Uh, but I just wanted to ask because I wasn't sure. Yeah. But you know what I am sure about? This podcast is gold. Okay, yeah. and we are DJ. We are just waiting for someone, the right person, yeah. to stumble upon this and say. Hey, somebody pay these guys an, or- exactly. an, an inordinate amount of money yes. to do this nonsensical 30-minute uh, podcast every Yeah, week. and apparently it's not going to be PowerDot. No, apparently. Well, PowerDot stepped in as a sponsor, a legit sponsor. I don't know if people listen to that episode. PowerDot legitimately sponsored our episode for one 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 podcast, mm-hmm. which is fine, and yeah. we enjoyed it. And they even offered like to give us uh, some, some money like as, as far as... I can't remember what the term exactly is, but uh, they would give us money for the amount of products that were ordered using our promo code. Do you know what I'm talking about? Isn't there a word? Yeah, I don't know the word. Okay. Commission? A sales commission. Yes. Good job. And so, yeah, they offered to do that, and we were like, ah, no, we're just happy to have a sponsor. Uh, And then they, that was it. So we did it for a week, and we got it sorted out, and yeah, so that's it. But PowerDot, we'll still support them if you're if you're an athlete that needs to. Feel better uh, with your muscles. Your muscles need to feel better. Yeah. Power dot. Mm. Power dot it. 
You know what I'm saying? Power dot that mother. Uh huh. Exactly right. And I think that is uh, the slogan of the company, but I'm not entirely sure. I don't don't yeah. hold me to it. But here's the deal, DJ. There's a lot of people, and of course we're doing the shortened version of this intro. So there's a lot of people that are tuning in. Uh, go ahead and tell them how this podcast works because they might be confused. Uh, they they are looking probably at the title of this episode mm-hmm. and they're interested in the topic. But tell them how we attack that said topic. All right. Well, the shortened version. Right. Uh, we're doing. We're in school. We're doing a group project. We do ninety five percent of it. And the rest of the audience does five percent. Right. So. What DJ's saying is we cover the topic mm-hmm. to about 95%. Mm. We cover it to the 95th percentile. Right. And then the last 5% is for the audience, the listeners at home or the listeners in their study groups or their listeners in their potluck dinner groups. Uh, they sit down and they have a grand time discussing that last 5% to get it all the way to 100, yeah. which is beautiful. And we love being a part of it. And uh, we've gotten some really good feedback the past couple of weeks. I think a lot of people have responded to the last couple of episodes that we've done. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are, are big fans. And, yeah. that's, and that's nice to know. Uh, specifically, two of our biggest fans would be Stanley Round and... Joe Eaton. Well, Joe Eaton, yeah, my dad. But I was going to say your Aunt Sandy. Oh, Aunt yeah. Sa- yeah, your Aunt Sandy's a big fan, and I, I'm sure she listens. I think she's one of the people that, as soon as the episode pops out Wednesday morning, she she's listens to it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we usually get it out uh, right around nine o'clock in the morning, but we don't we don't say that because we there might be some things that we are out of our control. So it might be earlier, it might be later, but regardless, we're going to get it out on Wednesday. And if we don't, we'll let you know. But this one came out on Wednesday, and I think it's going to come out a little bit early. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But DJ, we have to get into this. There's so much to get to to cover this topic. So what do you say? Let's let's dive in, right? Yep. All right. So this is episode 114. And today's topic, voted on you, voted on by you, the right, listeners, yeah. stand-up comedy. And it felt really good to get through that introduction a little bit quicker than usual. Absolutely. Uh, I think that a lot of people are going to appreciate the fact that we kind of sped through it. We didn't, we didn't take our time like we usually would. Uh, and we're going to jump right into the topic, which I think people are going to appreciate. And we've got a lot to talk about. Stand-up comedy. It's a difficult topic to cover, wouldn't There's you say? a lot. A lot of research. Uh, both DJ and I were slaving over uh, the topic, trying Ooh, to figure out... Easy. Okay, well, that's not... That's, I don't think that's inappropriate. I'm it's just a saying little that, insensitive. Okay, well, I'm just saying that we worked really hard on getting this show together. Um, did we get all the information that we could? No. Uh, but did we organize it in the best way that we could? No, not that either. Nope. Uh, we really just threw this together. It's going to be informational, and it's also going to be entertaining. And what else can you ask for, okay? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Like, nothing, nothing. I mean, if, if you want something that's informational, go find an informational podcast. If you want something that's entertaining, go listen to an entertaining podcast. But if you want both, the only podcast that can deliver both is all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And you can take that to the bank. Or the grave. Well, preferably the bank, so you can continue listening to the podcast. Right. But here's the deal, okay? We're going to start, as we usually do, by discussing the origin. That's it's always a great place to start. Of course, we also like to dabble in the Latin roots, uh, and we didn't really find a lot of Latin root for stand-up comedy. No. Nope. Um, but we do have a little bit of an origin story. We're not entirely sure if this is entirely accurate, but we're going to put our faith in the internet because... I've never had the internet lead me astray, have you? Never. And what is the phrase? Always believe the things you read, 
on the, on the internet. internet. Yeah, everything on the internet is true. So here's the deal. Stand-up comedy. A lot of people are saying, well, how did, how did, uh, well, how did it start? And so that's what we're going to answer first, is we're going we're gonna to tell the audience, uh, whoever that character was, we're going to tell them how it started, okay? Comedy was always presented before stand-up comedy in maybe a show or a movie, something that was recorded. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't ever in this form. But many believe that Charlie Case, okay? Not Chevy Chase. Right. Charlie Case was the first ever stand-up comedian, or at least performed the first stand-up show. And this was sometime in the 1880s or 1890s. And he performed a comedy monologue without any props or costumes. So that leads us to believe that before then, there might have been shows where, yeah, they had some props and it was it was comedic, or yeah, they, they were in costumes and there was, there was a little bit of a comedy aspect. There were a lot of plays, of course, mm -hmm. that had comedy. Even Shakespeare, the great Shakespeare... Is how, you, right. is how he, he would prefer you to say it mm -hmm. um, if you were here. Uh, he also dabbled in comedy. You know, it's just something that lightens the mood. And so stand-up comedy, we're not specifically talking about comedy, which would be a good topic, and I'll write that down. We're talking about stand-up comedy, okay? And that is a entirely different beast than regular comedy. Right. Um, and then, of course, another reason that stand-up comedy began is because sit-down comedy was just not popular. It was no terrible. One, no one liked it. No. Uh, sit-down comedy was absolutely just, it was It was tremendously, uh, you know, you, you could not get through stand-up or sit-down sit comedy. Go ahead and explain to people, because a lot of people understand what stand-up comedy is, Yeah. but explain to the people why sit-down comedy did not work. Well, people didn't like it because the person performing would sit in a chair and the audience would all be standing the yes. whole time. So it was a it was a vice versa. It was a switcheroo. It yes. was a role reversal. And the people, and, and just how people are, lazy. Yeah. And they want other people to do the work for them. Exactly. So sit-down comedy yeah. uh, was where the comedian sat down and the audience stood up. Yeah. And now, of course, we know it as stand-up comedy yep. where... Uh, the comedian stands up and the audience sits down. Or maybe the comedian leans on something. There, there's usually something to lean on. Well, I mean, they're standing there for an hour holding the microphone. I actually saw one comedian stand-up comedy I was watching the other day. He switched hands with the microphone. And I didn't realize how long he had been holding the microphone in his right hand. And when he switched hands, there was this big sweat mark right in the bend of his elbow. Yeah. It was wild. And, I just and, I didn't know people sweat there. And talk about high definition. You know, yeah. praise, praise Jesus, right? Yeah. Because he blessed us with high definition TV that allowed you to see that sweat. And that allowed you to make that connection. And here we are putting it in our podcast. Exactly. So I don't think anyone else is giving you that kind of information. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So here's the thing. That, that we just described the origin of stand-up comedy, how it began and why it began, because sit-down comedy was just absolutely atrocious. Yep. Um, so what is it is another question. Uh, another. Uh, do I have to say it again in that voice? I don't think so. No. Okay. What is stand-up comedy, okay? Mm -hmm. DJ, go ahead and just, I know that you have a lot of, you know, knowledge that's just kind of sitting in your brain. Uh, you've somehow been able to use both your left and right brain, which is something that a lot of humans can't do. Mm -hmm. That's why you're here. You're right. an informational, uh, procedural kind of guy. Right. And so go ahead and tell the audience, just off the top of your head, what you think stand-up comedy is. Well, I mean, it's... You got a, a comedian mm -hmm. uh, performs in front of a live audience. For the, yeah, for the yeah, most part. And usually 
uh, speaking directly to them in a monologue fashion. Okay, and I think that would be a really good definition for stand-up comedy. Yeah. I can't argue with that. It seemed like you hit all of the points. Now, back in the day, this would be even more true. Mm-hmm. And now, I, I sound a little bit like an, like an old codger there. Back, well, back in, in the day, day you know, yeah. a nickel cost, you know, something like that. But what I'm saying is... Can you finish that one for me? A nickel cost what? A nickel cost a penny. Something like that. Okay. But the thing is, I'm saying that back in the day, yeah, that was more of a live audience. Like, that was only how you saw stand-up comedians. But now... Just the the platform and the media that has evolved in this age has allowed stand-up comedians to be uh, represented and discovered in a bunch of different fashions Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, you could go see them live or their special comes on television or their special comes on a streaming service. There's a lot of different ways uh, to really digest stand-up stand-up comedians and stand-up comics is is what I was getting at. But the thing is, another, another thing that I would say, uh, what what is stand up comedy? I would say stand up comedy is terrifying. I can't I, imagine. I cannot imagine. And you, you hear you hear interviews and uh, different comedians describing how hard it is to get up there, uh, especially in the beginning. Uh, but still, day in and day out, uh, it's just it's just a vicious cycle of presenting something that you hope that the audience is going to connect with. Hmm. And sometimes those jokes will land with an audience. And then maybe if you go 400 miles south or north or east or west, that joke doesn't have the same, you know, weight or the same impact as it did in that one area. And that's just a really interesting thought to me. But you said you can't imagine. What what is it that you think stand up? Why stand up comedy is is so terrifying? Well, I mean, your performance is based solely on the opinion of others. Mm. So it's not just there is no okay. I met this quota, so I did a good job. It's I've got to get these people to relate to what I'm saying in a manner that they find it humorous. Yeah. So, and if they don't, then I fail. And the only quota I would say that they have to meet is possibly just getting laughs. Right. I mean, that's that's how you can tell if you're doing a good job mm-hmm. is if you can you can visually see the uh, that the audience is enjoying uh, the the act that you're putting on because you're performing. Uh, but also the laughs, I feel like, would be a good indication of how well you're doing. Uh, but just imagine that's that's one of the terrifying parts is maybe you tell a joke to your mom or your dog and and there's a good reaction but then once you get out there in front of you know tens or hundreds or thousands of people and it doesn't land then things get a little iffy and you mm-hmm. might lose a little confidence and I think that's why it would be terrifying and another reason why it's terrifying is because nowadays you have to literally watch anything that you say you have yep. to be extremely safe yep. you have to think everything through and you have to you have to you have to kind of look ahead i mean mm-hmm. it's kind of like whenever you're driving in a car uh you're instructed to uh, always be looking like 10 to 15 seconds ahead of you yep. in order to prepare yourself and in stand-up comedy you always have to be looking ahead as far as okay will this joke offend people or will this joke uh, you know, it might it might be of the offensive nature, but is it going to have that that sort of impact? Is that how people are going to take it? Right. And that's another thing. Uh, uh, back back in the day, all right. And I'll say it, this is the last time I'll, I'll say it this podcast. But years ago, I don't think that this was necessarily a problem. But now, stand up comedians have to be very careful as as to what they say and how they go about saying it, mm-hmm. which I think is both frustrating stand up comedians and also taking away from stand-up comedy itself. Absolutely. It's frustrating, wouldn't you say? Yeah, because everybody is so sensitive that 
at some point we've got to get back to the point that we can make fun of ourselves. Right. And instead of being able to take jokes and, and realize, hey, that's about me, but that's funny, we've gotten to a point that it's 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 not like that anymore. Yeah, these aren't this this isn't a news story. The the person is not presenting a news story. This is not uh, something that's serious. People need to remind themselves that if they're tuning into uh, a comedian saying, you know, filling up their hour-long monologue or however long that they're talking, there are going to be some things that could be pushing the envelope, but it's not because they're trying to create co- controversy. It's because they're trying to make light of, of certain things. Right. And now, there's always a line. There's a fine line where yeah. I agree. Some things you cannot joke about. But I think we have to step back and remember that, like you said, we have to be able to not take life as serious as we do. Right. And that's a that's an issue that I think is 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 beyond stand-up comedy. There's a lot of different things as far as the world right now where, where we could use that advice. And that's something that uh, some comedians are taking into account. Some comedians have sadly had their careers ended because of things that they've said in the past. Um, but I think a lot of comedians are starting right now. Like we went through a couple years where, yeah, that's going to dictate what you say. But a lot of comedians are starting to stand up against that and saying, hey, you know what? I'm telling jokes for a living. Mm-hmm. Don't take this serious. This yeah. is not something. This is not an opinion. This is not you know, a, an agenda that I'm trying to push. This is right. just a joke. I'm telling a joke. And I yeah. think that, that that is why I respect, a, you know, a certain comedian that we'll talk about a little bit l- later. But I would have to also imagine that stand-up comedy is incredibly rewarding, uh, you know, in certain in certain circumstances, right? Absolutely. Could you imagine starting out small and growing, you know, perhaps Kevin Hart is a good example. Uh, you know, probably you could, you could categorize him as one of the greats. Uh, mm-hmm. He... Probably went from doing little little shows, maybe in a bar or or probably even a college campus, and then he uh, he sold out an entire football stadium right. doing, doing a, a comedian or a stand-up show, which is something that is unbelievable to think about. Uh, yeah. Just that many people gathering to just hear comedy, which is it's also nice, but you, you have to think that that's rewarding because it is a process, like we talked about. Uh, it's terrifying, but at the same time, whenever you do it right, you put in the work, uh, and it's a lot of work. But whenever you finally get to that point where maybe you set a goal it is it is something that i would say was rewarding right we can't say that neither of us are stand-up comedians no but we're assuming yeah which is fine if you have to be careful when you're assuming but i think i think we're we're doing we're doing a good job now dj we talked about starting small uh but Mm -hmm. there are some comedy clubs that are known uh for you know you know maybe even rocketing careers like right. like being the foundation and maybe even the trampoline that bounces you from small to big mm-hmm. uh, and there's some comedy stores that I think a lot of people are, are comedy clubs mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of people associate with certain comedians uh, the two that we have here is the Laugh Factory yeah. in Los Angeles and then or the Laugh the Laugh Factory is in a bunch of different places like Chicago several, yeah. Los Angeles uh, you know there might even be one in New York and then the Comedy Store, uh, which is in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Those are just places where I think comedians, big, smaller comedians are trying to use it to get their name out. Right. But big-time comedians will go in to those type of places to hone their skills and yeah. probably work out the kinks in their act before right. they maybe go on tour or they have a special. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think, how, how would you prefer to start? Would you prefer to start in a comedy club where people are expecting you to be funny? Or would you maybe want to go off into like a, you know, just kind of a weird place and get started? I would honestly like to start almost almost through like an SNL route. Mm-hmm. Like I said, because like, I know a lot of comedians 
Uh, well, most of the time those end up being comedic actors. Right. Uh, but but going through something that's um, where maybe it's not just me, and I'm learning from a, diff- a lot of different people who are writing uh, their own stuff. Yeah. And 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 getting in getting into the line that way and trying to get my name out there that and a, way. And a lot of people that go through SNL, uh, a big huge fan of Saturday Night Live, of yeah. course. Um, a lot of people that go through SNL, they start in improv- improvisational comedy. Right. Uh, they start in like Second City in Chicago. Uh, a lot of other different places where just it's improv and that that's what they're honing in. But there's a lot of different ways to get to SNL because mm-hmm. that used to be the main way. Now there's cast members that just start their own YouTube YouTube channel and they're discovered that way. Of course, you have to try out, and I've heard that that's an absolutely uh, horrifying experience to to, right. to try out uh, or audition for SNL but yeah something like that where you're with other people that are doing the same thing you know at one point it is competitive and you're going against those other people but at the same time you're all in the same boat and you're you're doing the same things Uh, so that that's true but like we talked about all of these uh, people you know you've got the big you've got the comedy scenes that we're talking about like the comedy clubs and you know what it takes to be a comedian what comedy what stand-up comedians are and what they do and without we can't we can't discuss those things without talking about the greats, right? Okay, you can't discuss stand up comedy without talking about Richard Pryor, yeah, and George Carlin, Jerry Seinfeld, Dave Chappelle, Robin Williams, Eddie Murphy, just yeah. to name a few. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Yeah, we didn't have him written down, but of course, uh, yeah, you, you, he he was a, a very good stand up comedian. Yeah. Sadly, there's some things that have taken him out of the limelight, yeah. uh, put him in the wrong limelight. You would you yeah, could go. Ahead I don't and know say. how much light he's in. Exactly, uh, but here's the thing: these greats. Let's focus on these people mm-hmm. that absolutely changed comedy, and each and each each one did their own thing. And that's and like they, it's almost like a tree. Like you have the you have the ancestry tree, mm-hmm. and you could almost draw lines from these comedians to the comedians that we have now, because that's what you do: is you grow up watching something, or you grow up looking up to someone right and you almost model and that and, that, and that's how role models work you maybe take a little bit of this person a little bit of that person and you try to make it your own yeah um so richard Pryor, george carlin uh you know a little bit before our time but mm-hmm. you cannot you cannot absolutely you can em- emphasize enough you cannot emphasize enough the impact that they had on comedy right jerry seinfeld dave Chappelle, uh, a little bit closer to our time as, as, as well as robin williams and eddie murphy mm-hmm. just these people that you see like they transcended comedy itself and they became bigger than stand-up uh, comedy. And so it's the people that's, that stood for comedy, yet they were making their own name. And Eddie Murphy really st- stands out to me. And I know that you're a big Eddie Murphy fan, right? A big Eddie Murphy fan, yeah. He, he does uh, a lot of his early stuff, very vulgar. Mm-hmm. Um, but people loved it. And he was his, his presence on stage was amazing. And he always did his impressions of other comedians, uh, which kind of showed you where his influence actually came from yeah uh, which was always really good and the thing is some of the things that eddie murphy said some of the things that george carlin dave Chappelle, even jerry seinfeld some of the things that they came out and said in their in their earlier acts and even their later acts mm-hmm. like if they did that stuff now they might get in trouble for it oh which yeah. is something that i just find absolutely i, I can't even wrap my head around it, it, it it's something that's baffling to me but the, they regardless they have been absolute Greats as far as comedy, like yeah. they're they're first team All American com- stand up comedians, mm-hmm. uh, Hall of Famers, you could say. 
And those are the people that I think everyone looks up to as far as being a stand-up comedian. But we have some personal favorites that we wanted to talk about. Right. Uh, I'm sure everyone has their favorite stand-up comedian, the one that they wait for their specials to come out, or maybe even try to see them whenever they come around close to uh, you on tour. One of those for us is Bill Burr. And we, yes. the, this is a person that we were alluding to earlier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hilarious guy. Yeah. Now, he's a little vulgar, but he's oh. straightforward and he does not care. I don't think he even knows that it, there's a possibility that he's offending anyone. Well, he and, pushes the envelope for sure. And most of his stand ups, most of his, his specials really just come off as rants. Yes. He's angry. Which is hilarious. He, he is open about his anger management issues. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's he's for the most part just rambling about uh, things. And of course, like I like I uh, we have alluded to, occasionally it can come off as you know someone could be listening to it and say, "Wow, that's offensive." Mm-hmm. But in no way is he trying to be offensive. Right. And most of the time, he defends himself. He's like, "Now I am not trying to do this." And it and, you know he, it's it's good that he prefaces that, right? With, considering the, some of the things that he says. Right. Uh, but Bill Burr is one of my all time favorites. He's got he's got a podcast that comes out twice a week. Yeah. If, if you can't get enough of Bill Burr, and uh, maybe you need some other podcasts to listen to during the week besides just DJ and I, mm-hmm. all you need to know, he has one that comes out on Monday mornings and Thursday afternoons. So hey, a lot of Bill Burr in one week, and then we come in right there on Wednesday. So there's no problem. There's no competition. Right. Um, Aziz Ansari, I'm a big fan of Aziz. Uh, he's the guy that started out in the stand-up comedy, and he also has a little bit of an acting career. Mm-hmm. Um, a show called Master of None on Netflix is beautifully done. One mm-hmm. of my favorites. Uh, and it's just, that's another thing is, I feel like comedians can be actors, uh, too. Like, they, they it's almost right. like it's a second nature, but actors cannot go and be stand Yeah, it's weird how that doesn't, comedians. yeah, it doesn't translate both ways. No. Uh, one person that I do know, and... Uh, you'll be surprised that I know this, but John Mayer is pretty good at stand-up comedy. Now, he's, he's never he's never openly done it in front of a bunch of people, uh, but I know for I think his one of his birthdays, uh, he did a TED talk and he did not know what the TED talk was going to be over, so he came out and he and he was going through a presentation. So it was basically that's a form of stand-up comedy, right? Is he had to, uh, you know, for a lack of a better term, bullshit way through a TED talk which yeah. which I the video has never surfaced I think it was supposed to be like a birthday present type thing uh, so you know it wasn't like a public uh, video but that I sounds would like love, my whole college career I would love to see that yeah that's basically me anytime I have to give a presentation in class right uh, most of the time seeing seeing the PowerPoint slides up on the projector for the first time yeah. whenever I'm in class exactly um, Jerry Seinfeld now Classic. he was he was on a list of the greats but you're talking someone that has absolutely changed comedy not just right. stand-up comedy but right. comedy uh, observational comedy was what he was known for and he just he was absolutely uh, just entertaining whenever he first started and he he was just noticed like mm-hmm. he everyone I think everyone everything that he brought up of course because it's observational comedy mm-hmm. uh, everyone could relate to in a certain way and I think a lot of people uh, both enjoyed his stand-up comedy routines yep. and his show of course Seinfeld which we've done a podcast over before mm-hmm Nate Bargatze, you could tell the people about him. Nate Mark Nate Bargatze is a very dry humor, deadpan, yeah, and, and but it's fantastic. Yes. And, and much like Jerry Seinfeld, in the fact that it's all clean, mm. uh, there's not much vulgar to to his bits at all. Uh, but it is kind of uh, just describing his, the own situations that he comes across in his life, yeah, which is really funny. It's just he's a really good storyteller. Love, love Nate Bargatze. Yes, very dry. Keeps the same same uh, face. Never changes his yeah. 
his uh, attitude. Well, he might change his attitude. I'm just saying he doesn't. He doesn't ever smile or crack up or anything. Yeah, like if he that. does change his attitude, you don't notice. Exactly. Uh, and we're going from someone that we just said was not very vulgar to someone that's very vulgar. Right. The only way to describe him would be vulgar. Right. And it's Ron White. Yeah. Um, uh, I think a lot of people know who Ron White is. My only suggestion would be, for some reason, I've watched almost every single Ron White special with my parents, and that's not a good idea. Right. I mean, you can, but it might be well, better to watch it in the presence of your friends mm-hmm. or maybe just by yourself to get a good laugh. Right. Um, Tom Segura, right? Yep. He's, Tom, he's, Tom he's, Segura is fantastic. He's, he's another one that's it's almost uh, kind of like a dark humor. Yeah, uh, it's uh, I don't Which know. Which is perfectly it's, fine. Yeah, I I love the dark humor stuff. That's yeah. what that, the next one on the list there is Louis C.K. Which yes. is probably can we my, say? It? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't can know if we can. About? But I, I will say, and you can condemn me if you want to. Right. I will say Louis C.K. is by far my favorite comedian. He has it some really good stuff. Very really dark good specials. humor kind of stuff. That's just like, some oh my of, god, I can't believe he said that. Some of that. the funniest. It's it's he does both shock and dark humor yeah and uh he does a great job with that and i know that some yeah. things have happened uh to where some people might be like well you can't talk about him because right. he did i we understand what he did yeah uh but we also are uh, just being appreciative of what he uh you know contributed to the stand-up comedian and, uh history I guess. and for an example of the dark humor that we're talking about for those who might not know one of louis ck's bits is the of course but maybe mm-hmm. bit of course, I think one of the parts is, uh, of course... If someone has a peanut allergy. If somebody has a peanut allergy, then you've got to take care of that kid. Of yes. course. Of course. But maybe, if you just covered your eyes for like a year, then maybe we don't have any more peanut allergies. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, th- that's just an example of, of what DJ's talking about as far as Louis C.K. bits, which are fantastic. Um, but the thing that I always think about, the thing I always come back to is with all of these comedians, whether they're greats or whether they're you know not not well known or, or just some of the people that we just listed off that you have to have a stage presence you have to create a stage presence because you're up there and you're alone okay mm-hmm. or you might not be alone but you have uh, you know a stool with maybe right. a cup of water or yeah. you know for Ron White he has yeah. a glass scotch. of scotch and a cigar yeah. okay uh, m- many times the glass and then the bottle of scotch and a lot of comedians uh, maybe they go with just a microphone on their shirt, and mm-hmm. they just like to walk around and have their hands free. Some comedians like to have the microphone in their hands. I think I'd have to have the microphone. Yeah, I think so too. Some people like to use the microphone stand. Mm-hmm. They like they like carry it around, and they almost use that as a prop, which mm-hmm. I think is is a very well used prop if done right. correctly. Yes. Uh, that the sets that I've seen where someone might use it as like maybe they're talking about a you know Star Wars, and they yeah. pick it up and they start using it as, as a lightsaber or something. Yeah. That can be very effective. But you have to create a stage presence because whether you're doing, like we talked about, observational comedy Mm -hmm. like Jerry Seinfeld or you're doing deadpan like Nate Bargatze where Mm -hmm. you're just delivering jokes, it's funny. You Mm -hmm. know it's funny, but you're not letting the audience know that it's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Dark humor, shock humor, uh, topical humor, which is topical if, if someone doesn't understand that. A lot of what the late night shows do as far as political, right. uh, that's that would be considered topical. Even yeah. and they're sitting down, okay, for the most yeah. part. Seth Meyers sits down, of course. Whenever the uh, late night hosts do their monologues, they're usually standing up. But Seth Meyers is a stand down, stand or is a sit, sit down, down, sit down comedian. Yeah, he stands up occasionally. I right. Don't, I, you know, I'm not gonna well. categorize him and put him in a box, but I'm just saying what what regardless of what you're doing, you ha- you do have to create a stage presence as a yeah. comedian. Uh, you have to say. Hey, I'm the big funny fat guy, right. or uh, I'm you know I'm the guy that has long hair and, mm-hmm. and probably smokes weed. Like mm-hmm. you have to have some sort of 
thing that people like associate with you to where you you're already funny whenever you step up on the stage. Right. And I think that's that's sometimes can be uh, challenging for comedians, but I think every comedian that either was on the greats list or our personal favorites is able to encapsulate some sort of stage presence. Well, yeah, they're charismatic. They're people, people. People, people. They're people, people anyway. They are, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you've got to, I, I would I would be willing to say that most of those people, they get off stage, they're not the shy, they're no. not the shy, quiet kid. And that's not, that's not always for, like, we're not for certain about that, but right. you have to imagine that if they're able to get up there and talk uh, based on recollection and, and the things that they have gathered right. for an hour, you have to think that they're comfortable maybe in, in a regular conversation, which you don't ever know that for sure, mm-hmm. but it just makes sense if that's the case. Uh, because you, you have to be, a, I know for one thing, stand-up comedians have to be strong mm-hmm. because it's an entire process, oh, the yeah. stand-up comedian. Yeah, people uh, rip you apart. Yeah, and you have to go through bombing. So, like we talked about earlier, sometimes you'll get up there and it just won't be connecting mm-hmm. with the audience. And I'm saying that like I know. Um, I've never I've never performed stand-up comedy. We don't have to. We've got this screen right. that we can put we it do. through. We do, we do. Um, and I and I take that back because I did perform stand-up comedy in uh, my fourth and I think fifth grade talent shows really? in elementary school. How did that go? Uh, went really well. We just you know heard jokes that other people said and then said them back. It was uh. it was like, uh, hey, do you know where the guy that you know was was throwing ranch dressing bottles uh, at the police? You know, do you know where he hid? Hidden Valley, like stuff like that. Uh. So it was it was not very in depth. It wasn't like observational like yeah, what's up with the bear life food you know stuff like that yeah. like it wasn't that it was just more of like one-liners like like what, yeah yeah the one-liners are great um, some people have made a living off of one-liners. Yeah, that's exactly right um and the other thing that i can't even grasp is the continuous joke cycle that a, a stand-up comedian has to do um it's just it's just something that's baffling do you understand what the continuous joke cycle is like you can't continue to do the exact same jokes your entire career oh no you've got to come up with new material right you, the bit may last, but you can't just continue to do that bit over and over because at some point people are, okay, I've heard this before. This I've heard this before. Funny yeah, you can't, if you do a show and then two years later you're still doing the same jokes and right. somebody else, somebody comes to see you, they're like, why did I just pay that money? Yeah. You have to continually come up with new material. Right. It's not like a musician where, you know, they come up with a song in 1970 and they play it 30 years later and yeah. people are still screaming at the top of their lungs yeah, because it's so good. Yeah, the tops off. Yeah, sure. Um, if they want to. What I'm saying is, like, the continuous joke cycle must be absolutely excruciating just to continue. It's just a process. Like, you, you finally get that material, that maybe that hour's worth of material, and you perform it for maybe five or six months, and then you're like, okay, I've got to come up with new stuff. I've yeah. got to cycle that stuff out. Right. Um, and something that I uh, heard from a comedian one time, I've, I actually like it. Uh, he's a Christian comedian. His name is Tim Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him twice at the beautiful Carson Center. Uh, in, in, in Paducah. Mm, right. At the riverfront. Kentucky. Uh, Paducah, Kentucky. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he said the only difference between comedians and regular people mm-hmm. is that comedians just write down the stuff that happens to them. And the more you think about it, that's true because it seems like every stand-up comp or stand-up comedian has some sort of material that involves like their family right. or going to the grocery store. It's just normal everyday things. But funny things happen all the time around us and all we have to do is uh, sort of have an eye ready to see that mm-hmm. and then also be able to write it down and, and maybe turn it into material. So, I mean, that, that's, tr- that's, that's all it is really. And yeah. it's just interesting. Um, and, and I know that earlier you were you, you discussed a Louis C.K. bit, yes. right? And I just wanted to point out before we close this podcast, which we have absolutely packed this podcast full of stuff. Yeah. But it is incredibly hard. I just want to get this off my chest. Trying to tell someone about a stand-up comedian 
or a bit that the stand-up comedian has. Yes. Trying to inform someone about it. Because, like, like what are some things? Like, of course it's funny and you want the other person to know what, yeah. what they're talking about. But what are some things that hold you back? You know? like Well, from... you, yeah. You, uh, you can't, well, I don't know. There's context and you just can't deliver it like they do. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough and... Sometimes you can't remember all the parts. Right. Uh, maybe even it, it's it's hard to get your audience's interest. Like you, like hey, uh, hey DJ, I think you should watch uh, a Nate Bergazzi uh, special on Netflix. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. And, and well, he he says some funny stuff. Okay. Well, yeah. that's what a comedian does. Comedian yeah. Does. So it you, it's hard to sometimes get the person or persuade the person to go all in on the stand-up comedian just right. because you think they're funny. But that's kind of the beauty of it is that everyone, I think, has their own form of comedy that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. So as much as you want to share what you like, someone else might like something different. Mm-hmm. And that's just the beauty of stand-up comedy because it has produced so much. And especially in this age, I think we might live in the golden age as far as stand-up comedy because there's so much available to us. Right? Is it overwhelming? Yes. But it's all there for our consumption, which mm-hmm. is... Also, a nice a nice feeling that I could turn on Netflix and there's 30 stand-up specials that I could select from. Yeah. Another comedian, just to throw in, I hate I hate to leave him out, John Mulaney. I really like John Mulaney. John Mulaney's I, pretty good. And I forgot to, to mention him. But on that note, mm-hmm. on that random thought thrown into the podcast, yep. I think that's where we're going to end it. Because yep. we were around 94%, mm-hmm. and the the podcast you know genie or it whatever dinged. was like, hey, if you mention John Mulaney, then that gets you to 95%. So that's why I did that. Right. But golly, yeah. How about that? Woo. A lot of information was that we did a we did a podcast on stand up comedy that was rather serious. That's yeah, it was extremely informational. It was very informational. I'm DJ Pig. I'm Quinnian. You guys take it easy. This has been all you need to know. If you have a topic you would like to hear about, message us on Twitter or Facebook or send us an email at all you need the number two no. Zero zero at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and tune in every Wednesday because here at AYN2K, we've got you covered.